from around the globe in sold-out arenas and humble churches from out on the streets to your screen and now the time and what must be done part six on this edition of Farrakhan Speaks Greetings to you. I am Minister Louis Farrakhan, National Representative of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and Representative of the Nation of Islam led by the eternal leader of the nation, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, that great preacher of freedom, justice, and equality to the aboriginal people of the earth, the dark people or black people of the Western Hemisphere, and the dark people of the world. He's a warner to the United States of America and the American people and a warner to the nations of the earth. This is our sixth broadcast on the subject given to us by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad titled The Time and What Must Be Done. We defined these words in previous broadcasts but one of the words that I wanted to deal with, uh, meanings that I wanted to deal with, is the meaning of time. A measurement of intervals that tells you the time. What we are looking at in the knowledge of the time is the ending of a world of evil and mischief and the coming in of a new world based on truth, freedom, justice, and equality, governed by a government of peace headed by God himself and his Christ or headed by the great Mahdi, the self-guided one who comes to guide all humanity back to the straight path of God. He comes to end the squabble between religions. Which one is right? Which one is more right? Which one is truth? The Honorable Elijah Muhammad says, there is no religion that does not contain some truth. But what is demanded today is a religion that is all truth. So the Bible teaches that this Christ figure would be so powerful in his knowledge of the truth that there would be the ending of all division 
not only in religion, but there would be the ending of all artificial barriers that keep human beings from the oneness of the human family. So in the New Testament, it teaches us that there will be no Jew, no Greek, no bond, no free, no male, no female, all would be one in Christ. No Greek, no Jew, meaning no nationalism. No bond, no free, no one subjected to the power of another that there would be some that are in bondage and some that are free all in that kingdom would enjoy the fruit of freedom justice and equality and he said that all would be one in christ well that means that what is in is inside the sphere of the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of this figure that is prophesied to come. He not only has the power to end the world of evil, he also has the knowledge to open up a brand new world where there is no end. That means he must set the pace and carve out the path for eternal growth, eternal wisdom. And that is the only way all could be one but in him. Well, how do you get in to him? Jesus said, I am the door. All who enter in must come by me. This Jesus of the New Testament not only is the doorway to his father, but he's the doorway to the kingdom. He's the doorway to that eternal life where there is no such thing as rise and fall of nations. There's no such thing as uh, leaving uh, off from one thing and not going into a greater thing that would advance the human being toward perfection. Well, this same thing is also in the Quran. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that the Quran only takes us up to the judgment of the world. The Quran is a book of guidance and preparation, but not guidance for those who don't wish to eschew evil. This is a book of guidance for those who want to do righteousness. So the Quran introduces itself. This book, there is no doubt in it, is a guide to those who guard against evil, 
who believe in the unseen and keep up prayer and spend out of what we have given them who believe in what was revealed to thee Muhammad and what was revealed before thee of the prophets these are on a right course from their Lord and these it is that are successful and of the hereafter they are sure this is to teach us that when this Jesus comes into the world his message cleans us up from the debacle of a world ruled by Satan it washes us clean in the life that he's taught to live and that's why the scripture says in the book of John Jesus speaking I am the way the truth and the life I am the way I am the method I am the way that you will exhaust the knowledge of the time and I am the way to show you the good to do in such time that you will not experience loss I am not a truth I am the truth that the whole world told you would come at the end of this world Jesus prophesied of one coming after him in that same name of Jesus but he would be the spirit of truth and he would guide us into all truth that one is on scene today the Quran also speaks on these terms that this book Quran it's a book of purification it's a book that washes us from the mischief making of the mischief maker it's a book that clears up the misunderstandings between the various religions of the world it is a book that destroys the artificial barriers that divide the people of God one from another it is a book that exalts the common thread between all these religions but it's telling us that there is no other religion that will be accepted by God in that day except the religion of Islam now wait a minute don't think when I say the religion of Islam and you say well uh, I'm a Christian or I'm a Buddhist I'm 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 a Zoroaster I'm Shinto I'm Confucius well you can be all of those things but Islam means submission to the will of God that's the only way of life that will be accepted now if you have something better than the will of God demonstrate it but you've had freedom to demonstrate everything that you thought was God's will now he comes to tell us 
his will and to put us in the valley of decision as to whether we are going to do his will or do ours. And of course, if we want to continue to do ours, you don't have too long to do it because the end of that is in sight. The Quran takes us up to the judgment of this world and not beyond. The Bible does the same. The Bible ends with 144,000 on a new shore singing the song of Moses, a new song of freedom, but it does not give you the guidance for that new existence in that new world. Neither does the Quran. And this is why the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said to us that there will be a new Islam. For the Islam that we have is an Islam that prepares you for the hereafter. In the hereafter, we don't have to talk about homosexuality. We don't have to talk about the wickedness that brought about the destruction of Noah people. We don't have to talk about the wayfair robbers and thieves that brought about prophets to end their behavior. We don't have to talk about oppressors and slave masters. None of that will be in existence in the new world. So there's going to be a new guidance. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that guidance will rest on the eternal principles that are the basis of the teachings of all of the prophets and that number one principle is that principle of belief in the oneness of God the belief in his angels the belief in his scriptures the belief in the judgment the belief in the time the belief in righteousness all of these systems of belief form a foundation. But on that foundation will be placed new wisdom, new guidance, new knowledge. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad told me that the guidance for that new world will not come as long as this world is in power. Because as it is written in the book of Genesis, that when uh, the serpent deceived Adam and his eyes came open and the God uh, threw the serpent out of the garden, lest he put his hand to the tree of life and become gods as we and live forever. So Satan, I'm sorry. This is your end. This is the end of your civilization. There is no way, Satan, that you can redeem yourself. Little devils that you have made have a chance, but you must be totally destroyed. And the book teaches you that Satan and the wicked will neither have root nor branch but will be destroyed completely. Well, I'm happy 
to announce the destruction of Satan because he has raised so much hell on our planet. Wouldn't you like to know who the real Satan is so you can come away from such individual? Don't say Satan is a spirit. Satan has a spirit. But Satan is a spirit in flesh. So is God. God is a spirit, but that spirit manifests itself through flesh and blood. So as I said in my previous broadcast, the revelation of Satan is the revelation of God because they are the opposite of each other. So now, the time. And what must be done? Well, if a new world is coming and a new people have been chosen to bring in that world, you know how you can measure how close we are to the birth of that new world? How close we are to the deliverance of the people of God for that new world? It is similar to the deliverance of a baby. When a woman is pregnant with a new life, the womb expands to accommodate the new life's growth and development. That growth and development inside the womb of a mother that baby takes from the existing body to feed itself and to grow itself into an independent existence. So the new little one growing in the womb has its own head, its own heart, its own lungs, its own brain, its own feet, its own arms. Well, that new one yet has to form, has to grow. And when that womb can no longer hold that life, two things may happen. If the mother does not give up the child, then oftentimes the child must be taken from the mother, the method may be C-section, but the child must be delivered. Well, if it goes the normal route, then at the appropriate time, you measure the intervals, you measure the centimeters of the vagina and if the centimeters are such you can tell oh oh the birth is on the way there's a show water breaks and there's an issue of blood then the head that was once where the feet were that head turns down toward the opening so that the head might forge the way for this new life. This is to teach us about leadership. 
thieves and robbers came before Jesus. So at one time, Jesus might have looked to the people as the foot. But when it came time to deliver the people, the head had to come into its rightful position. So it is in the birth of a nation or the birth of a new world or the birth of a people out of the confines of oppression. In the Bible, it tells us, I think it's in the book of Ezekiel, around the 16th chapter, about a baby that was born. And the baby was in an open field. There was no one to swaddle the baby. There was no one to salt the baby. And the baby was polluted in its own blood. There was no one to perform the duty of cutting the umbilical cord that would free that baby from the mother. And along came a prophet who looked at that baby and he said the word live. L-I-V-E. Live. Because in that state, the baby would surely die. So when someone came and saw the baby in that condition and said live, that person was going to perform a duty by that child that had never been done by others. That is first to cut the umbilical cord. Second, to wash that baby from the pollution of the blood, the afterbirth that had come down. To salt the baby, to swaddle the baby. Then the baby had to be nursed to strength. Well, here we are. Let's look at the intervals now. We have a people, the black man and woman of America. Remember what I said in our fourth broadcast that the time had come that the people should be delivered. So Isaiah the prophet said, shall the prey be taken from the mighty or shall the lawful captive be delivered? Because the agreement with hell and our covenant with death would be disannulled and our agreement with hell will not stand. Well, dear beloved black people, you've made an agreement with the hell that you've suffered for 450 years and you've made a covenant with death meaning you are in agreement with the forces of rebellion even though you know that your condition must change now when it talks about shall the lawful captive be delivered look at you well are you a lawful captive 
when the Emancipation Proclamation was signed and they said you were set free but has the umbilical cord been cut? No. Has the blood, the life of slavery been washed away from your mind and your spirit? No. Are you polluted in the life of a slave? Absolutely. After 150 years of so-called freedom, we are still laying at the foot of our former slave masters and their children, begging them to do for us what we could, if we were serviced properly, do for ourselves. The umbilical cord between us and our former slave masters and their children must be cut. And we must be washed clean of the life that the slave master had us living. That's a duty that a righteous man will perform for us. And that man is styled in the scriptures of the Bible as Jesus the Messiah. He's styled in the Quran as Masi. Now, Jesus in the Bible lived to be, according to the scriptures, 36, 33, pardon me, years of age. But according to the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, he was 36 years of age when he gave up his life for the truth that uh, he taught. Jesus came into this world to free the captive, to bind up the brokenhearted, not the Jesus of 2,000 years ago. He was a sign pointing to the one that would come at the end of the world of Satan. Are you bound? Are you uh, captive that must be set free? Are you not only in a literal prison, but in a spiritual prison, locked up in the darkness of ignorance? Does not somebody have to do a service to us? So this son of man comes by in Ezekiel and he said, live! And Master Farad Muhammad, when he came and saw us in this condition, he not only said, live, he proceeded to breathe life into a dead people. He raised up Elijah Muhammad and taught him how to cleanse us from the blood or the life that we lived as slaves, chattel slaves, and now as free slaves of our former slave masters and their children. Live, he said. 
And so today, many of us who have heard the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, we're not the same old Negro that we were. We don't carry on the same behavior that we once did when we were polluted in the life of slavery. We are not drunkards anymore. We are not thieves. We are not wine bibbers anymore. We are not murderers and con men as we once were. We are not uh, college people that are using our learning to take advantage of the unlearned. We are a different kind of people. I'll go more into that in a little while, but I wanted us to see that the Jesus that we are looking for, he's in the world. The Holy Quran says of the Messiah, he will speak to the people in the cradle and he will speak to them when of old age. This is the Quranic description of the Messiah. Listen to the description. That God would teach him the book, Al-Kitab. The book is the Quran. Some Muslim scholars say, no, no, no. The book means the Torah, the gospel. Well, why would the Quran say he will teach him Al-Kitab, then teach him the wisdom of the Torah and the gospel? The book is different from Torah and gospel. The book is the Quran. God revealed the Quran through Muhammad ibn Abdullah, but he did not explain to Prophet Muhammad all of the meanings of the Quran. That was left for that Messiah that would come at the end of the world. And that Messiah, Elijah Muhammad, is my teacher and he has missioned me to teach you exactly what he has taught to me to give to you and to the entire world. Now Jesus only taught when he was uh, 12 years old he went and argued with the scholars of his day then he died or was killed when he was 33 according to your records, 36 according to ours, but he never lived to old age. Well, who, what is meant by he will speak to them in the cradle? Just as a baby comes into the world and grows strong on the milk of a mother's breast and then grows teeth that it could begin to chew certain foods and then the baby teeth are pushed out by a second group of teeth coming up out of the gums to give that baby the ability to chew harder foods, meat, so that the baby could grow to fullness. Elijah Muhammad spoke to us when he was just three years and four months into the teaching and understanding of the teachings given to him by Master Farad Muhammad. 
he had to grow in those teachings and he was of course good enough in the teachings to start us in that process of growth but when he left us in 1975 he said oh talking about the lessons that he gave us talking about the student enrollment that he gave us he said i could write volumes on each one of the questions and each one of the answer for the question itself is a volume he also told me that the answer is not the answer the answer to the questions that were given is an answer but the answer is why did god ask why to take us not to the branch of knowledge but to the root of that which God revealed well now we are maturing in that word and now he spoke to us when he was three years and four months and he is speaking right now and he said to you the believers when he brought me before you and sat me in his seat he told you to listen to brother farrakhan for his teaching is a bearing of witness of me then he said he is my national preacher the one of the best in the bounds of north america and he said that wherever he speaking of me tells you to go you go and wherever he tells you to stay from stay from did you think that i would ask you to go someplace that i did not uh, think he would approve of or was not guided to guide you do you think when you say that I am misguiding you that you are showing disbelief in him? So if you think that I am doing something that he disapproves of, why would he tell you to follow me? Why would he tell you to listen to me? Why would he tell you not only to listen but to obey me? He wouldn't tell you that if he didn't think that I or know that I would only teach you what he taught me. And that fulfills exactly what is written in the scripture. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto you Moses and I'm going to put my words in his mouth. I'm not speaking to you of my words. I'm speaking his words that he put in my mouth and I am faithful to his word. Take it or let it alone. Here we are. Look at the intervals now. Remember, I'm telling you that he's going to seize you with distress and affliction as the minister is speaking to you and warning you of the time and what must be done. It's even closer now than it was when the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was among us. 
I can say it and before you can give the lie to what I say, you'll see exactly what I said coming to pass. It's not I that you should be focusing on. It is who I represent. The Pope says he is the vicar of Christ. He is seen, but Christ is unseen. Well, if he is the true vicar of Christ, then whatever he says will come to pass. It's not so. The Pope can pray for peace. There's no peace coming. There's no peace coming until the peace breaker is exposed and broken in war. But what I say to you in the name of the two that back me, it will come to pass and soon all of you will come to know it. He's speaking today in old age. He was born in 1897. He is still alive as I have been teaching you. He's alive. I don't represent any dead Elijah Muhammad. I represent a living man. And because he lives, as the scripture says, I know that I too shall live and I will stand with him in the latter day bringing judgment to a world that deserves the judgment of God. Now, what are the intervals of time? Mothers, when you go to the hospital because the water has broken and the issue of blood has been seen and you're growing now, the centimeters are getting more and more in preparation for birth and you start having labor pains. Look at the intervals between the pains. Well, the first one will come, it's a hard one. And then you get a little breather. And then a second one will come and you'll get a breather. But the closer you get to birth, those pains get quicker and quicker and quicker and more severe, sometimes so severe that the mother would wish death would come to her to relieve her of such burden. Well, what about the calamities that you are facing now? As I told you from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, that God is seizing you now with distress and affliction, black and white, because both now are rebelling against God. When Sandy came, while Sandy was doing its job, Athena was coming behind Sandy. Look at all the flooding that took place in New York. Over 40,000 people that don't have a place to lay their heads. That's distress. That's affliction, America. And before that calamity is over, look at what started happening on the West Coast. And now you are saying that two-thirds of America, 
62 or 68% of America is feeling the wrath of snow and sleet and hail. More is coming. America, I am not your enemy. We are your best friend because we're warning you of what to come and how you can save yourself and lessen this distress. Well, right now in this lecture, America, there's a lot that you can do better than what you're doing. The watchword for you right now is the principle of justice. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, justice is a principle of fair dealing. You're not dealing fairly with the American people. You're certainly not dealing fairly with black people or brown people. You're not dealing fairly with the people of Africa and the people of the third world. Your policy is to cull two to three billion people from this earth. That's not justice. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, justice is that great principle of fair dealing. Justice is a weapon that God would use in the judgment of the world. How does justice become a weapon? As thou hast done, so shall it be done unto thee. Jesus said, you sow the wind, but you reap the whirlwind. All the things that you have done around the planet, they're going to come back home to us in America. But the thing that is more important than your policies abroad, what are your plans for the people that God has chosen to be his own? What are your plans for the black man and woman? Remember, I said two broadcasts ago, quoting from Isaiah the prophet, the question is asked, shall the lawful captive be delivered? Lawful in that you made us citizens. You didn't ask us. You said we were citizens by the 14th Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. Well, now, what are we in America if we are not lawful Captives, We wear your name. We don't wear our own. We speak your language. You brought us into the church and gave us the religion that you believed in. And now today, black people believe in Jesus more than you do. Because we really are true Christians. Well, we'll get into that at another time. But look at the intervals now of calamities, one behind another. Do you know what it's all about? 
it's not about your policy toward the palestinians and israel although that's important i'll get into that in another broadcast god willing it's not about birth control or or these kinds of things that you're putting on the people of the third world no what are your plans for the black man and woman of america the more you plan to get rid of us rather than do justice by us you're hastening the day of your own doom i'm not pleased to have to say these things to you but look about you look at what's happening to the country look at what's happening to the economy look at what's happening to you as a people justice is what you have to practice and if you refuse to practice justice fair dealing with the children of the slaves then the end of your civilization is not only in sight it has entered america and as the last plague of pharaoh that god brought to pharaoh was a plague of death then i'm sorry to tell you death has entered america as well famine is on the way pestilence is on the way terrific earthquakes are on the way all because some of the wise of you know the time but you're afraid to let us go you don't have anything for us to do you can't prepare jobs for our millions of unemployed why not let us go but just not throw us out like that parable in uh, Ezekiel in an open field no 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 the umbilical cord is cut being cut but shouldn't you help us to go for ourselves what is a mother's breast for if it is not to nurse the child that is freed from its womb until the child is strong enough to go for itself when its little system is mature enough to take on another kind and quality of food we have been let go but we're still tied let us go untie us but if you don't Allah will he said that the lawful captive will be delivered and watch this scripture and the prey now look at how he describes black people we are a prey in your hands you come into our neighborhood you shoot us down you see that we are killing each other and you help us in that destructive method of dealing with us but remember keep watching the weather 
the forces of nature. It's time now that we must be delivered. It's time now that we should be set free. It's time now that you should help us to go for ourselves. It's time now. And if you did it, some of this stress and distress and affliction that you are suffering will come off of you. And then you can work on what you have to do in the world. So I'd like to begin to wrap up uh, this um, lecture with something that you are wrestling with right now. Because if you don't want to do it God's way, you're headed in a direction of anarchy, revolution, and war. You're arguing today over guns. Should we limit the sale of these assault weapons to the American people? The NRA says, no, you should not. It's not guns that kill people. It's people who kill people. Stop it. The people with guns are the people that are killing people. That's why you don't send your soldiers into war with a smile. You send them with a gun and you teach them how to kill. So now here you are bringing soldiers back home with nothing for them to do. Every day a U.S. soldier is committing suicide. They come back home. They need help. And that help, unfortunately, is not always given to them. They too are armed. They know how to shoot. And they are under great distress from their service in Iraq and Afghanistan. They're coming home now. You say you're going to bring 60,000 more troops out of Iraq and you're going to bring by 2014 all of your soldiers out of Afghanistan. But what are you leaving in Iraq? It's difficult for you to come out because it looks like Iraq is headed for civil war after you pull your troops out. But that's for another season and another subject at another time. What are you going to do? Look, I said the other day that we must consider the context of the Second Amendment. You were just freed in a war with your former uh, masters of England. You had just become independent. You did not at that time have a well-regulated militia. And so the Second Amendment says a well-regulated militia being necessary for the maintenance of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms 
shall not be infringed. Well, you didn't have a well-regulated militia then. Don't you have that now? The people of America still have the right to bear arms, but what kind of arms should they be allowed to have? Since you have a well-regulated police force, a well-regulated state troopers, well-regulated National Guard, well-regulated federal troops, you have well-regulated FBI, ATF. That's enough, don't you think, to keep the peace? But look, your people are dissatisfied with your government. According to gunpolicy.org, the number of privately owned firearms in America the estimated total number held by civilians in the United States is 270 million. According to what I heard recently, it's over 300 million weapons in the hands of the American people. The rate of private gun ownership in the United States is 88.8 firearms per 100 people. This means then that nearly all of the 315 million people in America, you have arms at that rate. What are you arming for? Is it just to protect your residence, your home, your property? Some of the militias have said that they are arming because they are angry with their government and they feel that the government is robbing them of the constitutional guarantees of life, liberty, and the pursuit of of happiness they see the erosion of democracy and the rise of fascism in the United States government what does this portend for the future well you say that some of these uh, people that are doing this killing they're mentally disturbed how many mentally disturbed people are walking the streets of America in need of medication? How many more uh, have medication but they are not taking it? How many are coming back from theaters of war in a disturbed mental state? The Honorable Elijah Muhammad gave us a solution to the problem of guns with us. When you have a savage people who have lost the knowledge of themselves and living the life of a beast, if you put guns in their hands before you make them rational, intelligent human beings, they will resort to the gun whenever there's disagreement or acrimony in settling their problems. 
the 400 or 500 deaths in Chicago are mostly by illegal guns in the hands of people who are not rational. So the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told his followers not to have so much as a penknife. So there are no weapons in our homes so that whenever there's disagreement in the house or disagreement in the mosque, we settle our disagreement not with weapons of war or fighting, but we settle our disagreements with rational approach to finding the truth as a solution to our problems. We are not perfect, but we are a long way from the savagery that is being practiced in America among the people. We are trying to show the world that we are a people of peace. Well, America, I think that's a good example. Think about it. Think about these kinds of assault weapons that are in the hands of people who could get angry in a moment over the stress of the decline of America and then resort to weapons. I think if you studied the example of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and his followers, you'd find a reason to think about a change. Well, may God bless us to see the good in the guidance of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the Nation of Islam. And I hope that you will tell your neighbors and friends about this broadcast. And if you have a question that you would like to ask of me, just put it on Ask Farrakhan on my Twitter uh, page. So, beloved brothers and sisters, until we meet again, by the grace of God, I pray that you will be guided by the light of understanding and that more peace and joy will come into your lives because you're learning the time and what must be done. Peace be unto you all. Assalamu alaikum. Brothers and sisters, please log on again next week and every week this year for the time and what must be done. Tell your friends, tell your family, log on to NOI.org every Saturday, 6 p.m. Central Time for truth, guidance, and unequaled love from the National Representative of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Nation of Islam, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Pass on the word every Saturday at 6 p.m. Central Time at NOI.org. The Time and what must be done. Remember, to have Minister Farrakhan answer your questions, tweet them to at Louis Farrakhan, hashtag Ask Farrakhan. And to add this message to your library or as a gift for someone you love, go to store.finalcall.com.